Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Greg Bell covers the Seahawks for the Tacoma News Tribune. You can follow Greg Bell on X on Twitter, at GBell, B-E-L-L, Seattle. Uh, he joins us right now. We've had Greg on the show before, probably um, before they played Seattle last year. I can't remember now. Um, but Seattle uh, still has a head coach opening, and Washington still has a head coach opening. They're the final two. And yesterday, Greg, um, it got a bit more intriguing when Adam Schefter went on Pat McAfee and suggested that you know, Dan Quinn to Seattle and Ben Johnson to Washington are, you know, essentially not done deals, and he would predict one or both don't happen. Um, update us on who Seattle has interviewed and then give us your hunch as to who their number one target is. Well, hi, Kevin. Good morning, good afternoon, D.C. To you as well. I've been reporting, I've been reporting since the start of this that I didn't think Dan Quinn was a slam dunk because it would be, in many ways, a continuation of what the Pete Carroll regime was. It would be the Pete Carroll 4-3 defense, defensive schemes, the vibe. He was Carroll's defensive line coach when Carroll first got here in 2010, and then he became the Super Bowl defensive coordinator for the Legion of Boom defenses in Seattle. So in many ways, 
why didn't they just keep Pete Carroll if they were going to bring someone in like Dan Quinn? And I saw them going in a completely different direction and a complete break and change, which is why they made the move in firing Carroll. Since then, they have interviewed Quinn twice. Uh, they've inter- they interviewed Raheem Morris once and were scheduled to interview him a second time before Atlanta hired him. Jiro Evero, the defensive coordinator, young defensive coordinator from the Carolina Panthers, they interviewed him twice. Frank Smith, offensive coordinator for Miami Dolphins. Nine, eight candidates in all they interviewed. They didn't interview Mike Vrabel, who they were reportedly linked and interested in. And they've been waiting on Mike McDonald. They were willing to wait past the Super Bowl, and this process of interviewing would have continued past the Super Bowl had the Ravens won on Sunday in the conference title game. So they wanted this opportunity to talk to Mike McDonald. They've spoken to Ben Johnson twice. They interviewed him yesterday, last night, in Detroit. And now they're in the Baltimore area to talk to Mike McDonald today. But it has never been in my mind, and from what I've been told, uh, Dan Quinn first and only. They were really curious to hear and learn the different ways on offense and defense guys like Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald uh, have. And the main question they have is two main questions in Seattle that John Schneider has been asking these candidates. One, how do you beat San Francisco? because that's what Seattle has to do to get out of their division, get home playoff games, and get anywhere to where they want to go. And number two, and what I think, Kevin, makes the Washington job more attractive than Seattle's to a head coach right now, what's your plan at quarterback? Because the Seahawks don't have a future quarterback. They have a quarterback in the present, 33, going on 34-year-old Geno Smith. But his contract ends after the 2025 season, and a new head coach is going to be under contract longer than that. And, of course, in Washington, as you know, the number two overall pick, a new coach can handpick a quarterback in this year's draft, not to mention all the salary cap space, most in the league that you know that Washington has. Seattle is actually over the cap right now and have to trim just to get under it, even under the top 51 rule in the offseason. So, to me, the Washington job is more attractive, especially to a guy like Ben Johnson. See, I, we've talked about that the, the last two days, and I think that we have kind of um, showered ourselves around here for the last, you know, months thinking that it's just, you know, uh, an incredible opportunity. Look, it's it's an opportunity now because Snyder is gone more than anything else. Yeah. And then you add, you know, the cap space, the draft choices, the number two overall, et cetera, and it becomes more attractive. But what I was saying earlier, um, Greg, is that – You know, for a guy like Ben Johnson, Seattle's a much more prominent franchise. You know, we we like to, to, in people my age, understand what this franchise was. You know, a three-time Super Bowl-winning franchise in the 80s and 90s, one of the storied marquee franchises in the league for many, many years. But it's been over a quarter of a century since that's been relevant. You know, a guy like Ben Johnson has grown up thinking, oh, my God, you know, Legion of Boom, 12th man, Seattle's home field, the fan base, they've won, they've contended. And, by the way, I think Seattle's roster right now is a decent roster where if he were to able – if he looked at Geno Smith and said, I can at least get Jared Goff-like performances out of Geno Smith, Seattle's much closer to winning now. Well, if they could get Geno Smith to perform like Jared Goff this year, 4,500 yards and all the touchdowns and a few turnovers, they would take that. 
but yes, I agree with you that the roster talent is better in Seattle. And the other thing Seattle has is unlimited resources for paying a coach. If Ben Johnson wanted to go 12, 15 million, the Seahawks certainly could do that with Paul Allen and his estate. Uh, money's not an issue. There's no salary cap for coaches in the NFL. Another subtlety here, it's not really subtle if you're a GM in the NFL, what's your coaching staff going to look like? And when they talk to Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald and Dan Quinn, what, who's your offensive and defensive coordinators? Because both Washington and Seattle, they're not just hiring a head coach, as you know, they're hiring an entire coaching staff. And in Seattle, that's a huge change from what it's been here the last 14 years with right. Pete Carroll. Carroll had his guys he was very loyal to. He promoted from within to coordinator spots. Dan Quinn himself was promoted from line coach to defensive coordinator. Clint Hurt, the most recent defensive coordinator, was the Seahawks defensive line coach. So this is a, going to be a big departure. And the philosophical issue out here for Snyder in Seattle is do you want to continue with a defensive coach, defensive-minded head coach as you have had the last 14 years, which McDonald and Quinn would be, or do you want to go completely different and go hotshot young offensive play caller head coach, which, of course, has been the trend to Super Bowls lately? Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay being the most prominent that the Seahawks see in their own division every year. And the thinking out here is because they've been going one way with Pete Carroll for so long, to make such a bold move and fire Carroll with two years left under his contract, that they're going to go a completely different direction and go offense, and that's why they're so interested in Ben Johnson. I think it's going to come down to Johnson deciding between Washington and Seattle rather than the Seahawks and the commanders picking who they got. Uh, So you think Johnson will be the number one choice for Seattle? You think they'll offer him? I I do. Uh, It's a question of whether Washington does it first and better. And again, for all the reasons we just talked about with the number two pick and the salary cap and being able to handpick a quarterback. I think in Johnson's case, that's a bigger, bigger factor here of the quarterback situation between the two. I hear you about roster and legacy and, and where the franchises have been in the last decade. But for a 37-year-old offensive play caller for his first head coaching job, getting to handpick a brand-new quarterback to bring yeah, up I get your it. way. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think the advantage is for Washington. Understood. Um, we're talking to uh, Greg Bell. Uh, he covers the Seahawks for the Tacoma News Tribune. Let me just ask you one thing about the quarterback situation out there. Does anybody think Drew Locke's got a starter future in the NFL? I think Pete Carroll did, uh, and Shane Waldron may have. He's not under contract either. His contract was just for one year mm. last year, $4 million to back up okay. Geno Smith. But, yeah, the Monday night game against Philadelphia, Philly. I think, probably get him a free agent uh, signing. This time last year, he was in the same situation, but he had not played in the 2022 season, so he didn't have a market for him, and that's why he signed with Seattle. But he talked at Locker Cleanout Day about how this is so different and now the league can see I can do it, and I think he expects to get at least a, an offer somewhere else than than he had more than he had last year. So tell us about Dan Quinn from your perspective, because if Ben Johnson decided for whatever reason that Seattle was where he wanted to be, and let's just both assume you're right, and that is he's going to have his choice of the Skins or the Seahawks, one one of the two. Um, 
apparently Quinn is very impressive uh, from what I've heard in interviews. And, you know, after their first interview with him, there were people, you know, in that search committee here that considered Quinn to be a viable candidate, maybe a plan B to uh, Ben Johnson. You had him there. He was the D coordinator with Pete Carroll uh, during those Super Bowl seasons. Um, What would Washington be getting from your perspective if it ended up with Dan Quinn? Big, big vibe guy. Big locker room, uh, player first. Players love him. Uh, He relates really well to them. He's not this mighty authority that dictates. He's a real give-and-take coach that the players really respond to. They did out in Seattle here, and I watched firsthand how the Legion of Boom and those guys, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, to this day, K.J. Wright, (laughs) Cliff Averill, those guys love. They call him DQ. And they want the Seahawks to hire Quinn. They think it's a slam dunk. There shouldn't be anybody else that they look at. So he's a big personality guy, um, aggressive defensive play caller. When he was with Seattle, because of the guys he had, his X's and O's, he didn't need to be very elaborate. He was in 4-3 single high safety coverage. They didn't blitz a lot because of who they had. Their Jimmys and Joes are better than X's and O's, and nobody could beat them, so they just played man up. You know here, you know what we're in. That has changed in Dallas, and they are much more varied. They blitz much more. Of course, Seattle and Washington don't have a Micah Parsons to hang your defensive pass rush on, but you would be getting a, a very energetic player-first coach, That and that's why I say it's somewhat in the Pete Carroll ilk uh, vibe-wise, and, and I would think the players would absolutely love him. You know, the one thing um, when I think about Quinn, first of all, it's hard to think about the last time he was coaching a defense because that was an absolute disaster against Matt LaFleur and the Packers in the playoff game. And then you think about their head-to-head with Kyle Shanahan. Um, In particular, it's like the Shanahan scheme guys – and there are two of them in the division in the NFC West have right. seemed to have they, – they've seemingly had his number. Well, they've had Seattle's number too, no matter who the Seattle yeah. coordinators have been. And that's the one thing Mike McDonald – to me, Mike McDonald makes the most sense for Seattle. And that's the one thing Mike McDonald's done recently that nobody around Seattle has done, and that's beat San Francisco. And McDonald and the Ravens did it dominantly on Christmas night. I mean, 33-19 doesn't even begin to describe how yeah, lopsided no, that game was. Yeah. That was five, inter- five turnovers for the 49ers, four interceptions for Brock Purdy, 53% completion rate. It was his second worst game as a starter in the NFL so far. And so Josh Schneider and the Seahawks are asking, hey, how did you beat the 49ers? What do you do? Mike McDonald does things the Seahawks haven't done. they very de- deceptive on defense, switching from two high looks to single high at the snap, adjusting the defensive line. Now, Mike McDonald and the Ravens have something that the Seahawks don't have, and that's interior defensive line play that is vastly superior. And that's Pretty good linebackers and a superstar safety, too. Correct. Hamilton and, yes, all of that. But the schemes itself have beaten San Francisco as well as the players. That, to me, makes him the most attractive candidate to me. I've called Mike McDonald the favorite in print for a month now, knowing that the Seahawks are going to wait for him and do that. But everyone, the Seahawks, all eight candidates they've talked to, that's the question they've been asking. How would you beat the 49ers as the Seahawks head coach? Well, Mike McDonald's already done it. 
And to your point, yeah, Shanahan and McVay have absolutely dominated Seattle in the NFC West, and that's why they end up firing Pete Carroll and his staff. So your prediction is McDonald to Seattle, Ben Johnson to Washington? Yes, sir. I think okay. that's what's going to happen. Uh, I do think for Johnson, the Washington fit is better than the Seattle fit and vice versa for McDonald in Seattle. Um, how surprised were you guys about Pete Carroll? We were. Uh, we thought, and it, all indications from Jody Allen, the team chair, was she did not want a regime change before the estate eventually sells this team and franchise as the estate has dictated it has to, and that's probably going to come in the next three to five years. She had Carroll under contract through 2025, and it appeared up until January 9th that everything was Pete Carroll could coach as long as he wanted to. He was under contract past age 75, would have made him the oldest coach in NFL history, and there was no sign of him slowing down. What changed was in the – really what changed was New Year's Eve. The Pittsburgh Steelers came in here. Seattle had yeah. two games to win and go to the playoffs. All they had to win the last two games, they were favored in both. And the Steelers came in here and absolutely manhandled them on the ground. They ran 46 times for 200 yards, half the lower bowl of the stadium with terrible towels, and it embarrassed Jody Allen and Burt Cold, her, his right-hand, her right-hand man that run, essentially run the franchise here. And that's when they decided to make a change. That it was They were so physically overwhelmed, and by San Francisco the last five games, that they decided John Schneider's future of visiting of the Seahawks they were going to go with that over Pete Carroll's Carroll was probably loath to fire his coordinators and change the offensive and defensive coordinators that now Snyder will do. And they decide to give Schneider the ultimate football authority out here in Seattle for 14 years. It's been the other way around. The head coach has had the ultimate authority. He was the executive vice president. He was hired before the GM and in fact hired John Schneider. Pete Carroll did. So it was unlike most GM and coach arrangements. And, well, now it's John Schneider's show. And the GM out here, he will pick the head coach, and it will be his first time in picking and being the ultimate football authority in the franchise. So that's why this is, I think, a clean break and why they're going to go. They would like to go offense and at least younger non-Dan Quinn when they hire a head coach to be completely uh, – this is a clean break from the Pete Carroll regime. You've had John Schneider there for like a decade and a half, at least, I'm guessing. You know, he, uh, many of us believe that the single biggest football mistake, because there were a lot of other mistakes that weren't football-related that Dan Schneider made, was firing Marty Schottenheimer after one year. And Marty gave John Schneider the job, essentially the GM job. Marty was the coach-centric guy when he was here in 2001, but Schneider was – his picked, you know, vice president of player personnel, and uh, from that point, um, his career was off and running. And if if Snyder had done the right thing, we probably would have had Marty for here for a decade because they were on the verge of of, of getting ready to win. Um, right. So I, I I'm curious as to whether or not. Oh, you know, you mentioned something. It, is Seattle basically right now the next team most likely to be sold? I don't know if it's the very next team. Unless it's a Tepper nebulous, does it. It's a nebulous timeline because Paul Allen's estate is so vast. I mean, underwater sea exploration, space exploration, cancer research, um, musical artifacts and museums. I mean, he's a, one of the world's richest men in the last quarter century. So it's going to take a long time for his estate to go through each aspect of his 
what he has and all his assets. The Portland Trailblazers of the NBA and the Seattle Seahawks of the NFL are two of those assets, two of millions. And so whenever the estate lawyers get through all of that and get to the sports teams is when they're going to sell. These, the Vulcan Inc., the, Paul Allen's yeah. corporation that runs the Seahawks, have acknowledged that, yes, the estate has said we have to sell the franchise. That's what Paul Allen put in his will. And so that's going to happen. But when we try to pin them down on years, they tell us things like, well, within five to ten years. That's what I was told three years ago. So starting within a two-year window, if that's accurate, is when they get sold. I, I know the NFL is aware of this, and and there are many corporate suitors with Seattle ties who would buy this team or go into a consortium to buy. And Would Ballmer uh, buy it? He could. Jeff Bezos, who has some yeah, watch ties with the Post as well. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of Google, Microsoft, Boeing, uh, Starbucks, you name it, corporate leaders out here, but Amazon and Jeff Bezos is the most prominent right now. But yeah, yes, Ballmer right. could, who also owns the Clippers. But that's that's the 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 vision long term is that a Seattle-based corporate behemoth, of which they have a few, are going to buy the team within certainly within the next decade, perhaps the next five years. I wonder, you know, we went through something that was interesting, and ultimately there was really only one suitor willing to pay Dan's price of six billion dollars plus. Until the NFL allows sovereign, allows foreign uh, money and and uh, into this league, we may have capped out at $6 billion. Um, and I wonder if franchises are going to wait for the NFL, because it does seem likely that at some point the NFL will change the rule to allow uh, foreign ownership. Uh, and once that happens, then you know you go to another level potentially in terms of sale price. Right, and I agree with you that I think that's coming too, uh, and it's part of why the C- uh, NFL wants to do overseas games and right. grow the brand, and Asia is the next frontier for that. I agree with you that they're going to allow foreign ownership, and when they do, then the little come off of of salary of franchise valuations. But the NFL does print money, and as long as the media rights keep going up, and as long as people keep watching and advertisers keep buying into it you could see crazy numbers now six billion dollars is quite an ask but again there are corporate people in seattle that could pay that yeah or at least partner with a couple others and easily pay that for a new nfl franchise and would be glad to do it uh, that's still the runaway revenue train that the nfl is still is it, it it they really do print money and even in down economic times, they have. And now the new media rights deal this past year proves it again. It's just amazing. And you probably saw the numbers for the two championship games. I tried to explain to yeah. my wife recently. She couldn't care less about sports. Mine That's too. why we're married. And I just said, really, when you look at just the the revenue and, and the impact um, of a retail product on this country, the NFL, you could argue, is number one. I'm not saying it's Coke or McDonald's, but it is in that next tier uh, for sure. Um, and, and by the way, the, the whole Seattle thing, the, the idea that Bezos would want it, Ballmer would want it, and all of these tech and, and Boeing, as you mentioned, zillionaires, just the competitive – 
the landscape might drive the price to something ridiculous just yep. for that specific franchise more yep. than, you know, say if the Panthers, if Tepper decided, you know, he wants to cash in at some point. Yeah, um, I think so. And I think that would I think they would have multiple bidders and that yeah. would drive a price up. Absolutely. Yeah. I have one more football question for you. I'm surprised and I don't know. I'm going to ask you if you are, too that Mike Vrabel wasn't a significant candidate for any job, specifically this one here and yours out there. Why do you think that is? There is a trend now toward younger hotshot coordinators being the head coaching hires. And I think that's some of the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay effect, certainly out here on the West Coast and the NFC West. But I'm surprised with you. Uh, I agree with. I thought Vrabel he's would be. He's 48 years old. I mean, he's, he's right. He, I mean, it's not like he's that much older than some of these candidates. Playoff pedigree has a proven track record of not only going to the playoffs but hiring coaching staffs and leading yeah. and hiring coach uh, coordinators. Yes, uh, he's a known quantity. Um, it, it is surprising. It, less surpri- It's more surprising to me than Bill Belichick. Say me too. Um, and a lot of people are aghast at that, but. Uh, I thought that Vrabel would get interviewed and, and be a can. I had him as one of the leading candidates at the start of this, and the Seahawks never talked to him. Greg Bell uh, covers the Seahawks for the Tacoma News Tribune. Follow him on X at G Bell Seattle. He's got Mike McDonald to the Seahawks, Ben Johnson to Washington. Thanks for your time, Greg. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Appreciate yep. it. Greg joined us courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. Hey, don't forget, just a couple of nights away from our event in Bethesda at the Bethesda Theater, it's all of us from 980, all of the guys from 1067 The Fan hitting the stage together. Tickets are available at bethesdatheater.com. And we've got a special guest that will be joining us, John Allen, Washington defensive tackle. John Allen will be there with us on stage. We'll get a chance to meet everybody, including John. For all of you that have been listeners to this station for a long period of time, would love to see you out there. So many I I haven't met, many of you I've met, but I haven't seen in a while. I'll be out there not only for the uh, dog and pony on the stage, but I'll be hanging out with you all night long at the Bethesda Theater. So tickets on sale now at BethesdaTheater.com. It's presented by Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local. Put their team in your office. Visit MStreetBank.com for more information. Ranking the worst of the playoff losses so far. That's next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and theteam980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.